Hello, I'm Livy, and welcome to my very first podcast with Livy. Each week, I sit down with my incredible guests to find out about their journey of growing their personal brands online, exploring their human design, some of the challenges and standout moments that define who they've become today. I've honestly loved sitting down with each guest and have learned so much. I leave each episode just feeling full of ideas, inspiration, and motivation. I really hope you enjoy listening to this first series. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Don't get carried away with perfectionism because that's going to control your creative process and it's going to like impact how much impact you can have. For me, it's really supporting women to see themselves, like really see themselves and really allow that you know, truth and expression to come through because that impacts you know, who we are in our business. There's a power in, I think, keeping things niche. Something that might seem really niche, especially in today's world, like that has the power often to cut through the noise. You know, if you can nurture a small community of people, you can make a very successful business. The number one is like you, like the real you. And the more like unfiltered and expressive and maybe even polarizing you are, like the better, because uh, you're not for everyone and you don't want to be, trust me. Having and running a business and a brand is the most powerful personal development program you could ever put yourself on because it shines the light on all your shadows. It was literally like alchemy. I was able to transform my shame into healing, into vulnerability, into sales. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week's guest is Kelly Vittingle. She's a 6'3 emotional projector a spiritual mentor and a student of life. I met Kelly a few years ago now at a human design workshop that I hosted in London and we've just stayed in touch ever since. I absolutely adore her. She's the real embodiment of a 6-3 profile, constantly uh, on adventures and describes herself as somebody who's driven by a deep devotion to the divine and the well-being of all humans. She hosts prayer groups and owns a beautiful online store of religious antiques and mentors the spiritually curious. Um, I just love chatting to Kelly. I think you guys will love this episode too. Some of the highlights include life as a 6-3 projector, feeling misunderstood and mastering the art of communication, Kelly's journey in growing a successful business, how to remain grounded in moments of uncertainty, Kelly's experience of living in Mount Shasta, which is the root chakra of the earth, how human design is a huge permission slip and uh, can be so healing. We also talked about Kelly's lineage, her own healing journey and the reclamation of religion and spirituality in her life. And finally, we chatted about the power of letting something go when it's not in alignment. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so pleased we get to chat. We haven't spoken in, well, you know, over Zoom in a couple of years now. And I know, I know. So much has changed. I feel like you have a baby. I know. You're married. <laughs> Like there's like so many things. I know. I know. Married. I don't know. Maybe that engaged. Was yeah, yeah. <laughs> engaged. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Gosh. Yeah. So, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Let us know who you are and um, 
your human design as well. Yeah. So my name is Kelly Vittengal. Um, and it's so funny when I'm at this place in my life where when I go to introduce myself or like give my title or whatever that means, I'm like, I have absolutely no idea what to say <laughs> because I mean, so my, my, I'm an emotional projector, six, three emotional projector. And so I like, I really feel like I am like the most six, three, six, three ever. Yes. In that, in that I like the sheer amount of trial and error and things that I do. I mean, I guess at heart, I'm like an entrepreneur, but I hate that word at the same time. It mm. sort of encompasses everything, but, but like, you know, I had a small business that was successful that I sold. I've since, I've since started another one. I've like been, yeah, it's, it, it, there's, it, there's so many I'm layers. Right. And like there's yeah. so much. So it's really hard to say exactly. <laughs> to that. label it. I, yeah, I so really cute. feel like I'm just like a student of life. Like that's what I feel Aww. like I am. That's my <laughs> life. <laughs> I love that. Yes. That, and that for me epitomizes like the six, three as well, you know? Um, and eventually, yeah. eventually, you know, become the role model because you've had so much amazing life experience that your body has just thrown you into. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so many twists and turns. And I, I really feel like six, three projectors are like the wisest of the wisest, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I, my like six, three projector loves to hear that <laughs> because, because I feel that way. I'm like, I'm wise. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. It's been such a, an interesting experience in my life because I came in feeling wise, right? And like, this is what a lot of projectors hit their head on from what I've learned. And this has helped me so much in my own life is like, has been, you know, needing that invitation to share because I've run around for so much of my life, like sort of forcing my thoughts, my opinions, and all of these things about myself and my beliefs and whatever out into the world and then they've gotten shut down and it's you know forced me to recoil and it's really funny because um I'm in a relationship I just got into a relationship for the first time in five years like I've been single for five years and so I've done all of this internal work and I've been like okay relationship's gonna be so great this time like I've never really entered a relationship consciously <laughs> and I'm two months in and I'm like oh my god this is so much work and again that like that needing to like figure out when is the right time I mean he really struggles with the way that I just like throw things out on the table <laughs> the way that I'm like hey I believe this I really need you to be on board with it and he's like whoa like wait whoa whoa you know mm. so it's um for me yeah it's been it's been like a really funny funny sort of balance and I think with that six being like the wisdom like the natural wisdom mm -hmm. and then the three being that sort of experimenter or whatever I don't yeah it's like yeah the trial and error exactly. yeah. there's, there's been like a I think between the two of them there's like a huge amount of humility that comes because that three really forces you to like fail a lot yeah which creates this like deep deep humility Mm. to then be able to like actually share wisdom that comes from experience not just from like belief you know what I mean yeah it's such a good point and I think because of that I do feel as though six threes could probably end up a little bit like maybe like pessimistic in life if they don't see and understand like how they're meant to be uh you know how they're designed to go about yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, my biggest, like my biggest hurdle in life and still to this day, and I'm, I wonder how long I will continue to feel this way, but it's like the word that I so frequently associate with is being misunderstood. Like it's, it's like misunderstanding and feeling, feeling misunderstood. And so when you kind of, again, it's that, it's like that pessimism, I think comes from the feeling of like banging your head against the wall of like trying to share something, people not getting it. And it's hard not to like, feel like, well, what the hell is wrong with the world? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And shut down because of that, right? And then completely shut down and feel like quite angry and like, well, nobody gets me. So like, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think as well, like, you know, six lines for me a little bit like almost like ahead of time in a way, because they see they see ahead. Right. It's not that kind of like narrow focus view. It's meant to be objective. It's meant to be like kind of looking forward in a way, because, you know, we get in human design, the sort of technical of it is that they kind of they come up the top and, you know, they've they've learned everything that's like beneath. And now they're looking onto the horizon. I'm just like, what's next? You know, and. Um, yeah. and, and because of that, I feel as though people might not get it, you know, they just might not. So, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey for me. Like, I've really learned a lot about myself and about I've really learned a lot about communication about and I'm sure that there's other parts of my chart that like point to this and like the things yeah. that I've learned and whatever. Mm-hmm. And but, astrology. And yeah, so totally. Much. Like all of the things. Yeah. Uh, but I've really, really learned a lot about how to, especially in the last few years, about how to communicate with people. Mm. And that actually mo- a lot of people feel misunderstood. And when you're talking with someone and trying to share something, like you really have to see all sides of the equation and 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 to really hold their perspective with just as much reverence as you hold your own. And to allow like a synergy to, to, to happen. And it's like a really delicate balance, but it's something that I feel like I'm learning every day mm-hmm. um, yeah. in my relationship and in, in the world and with, you know, yeah, a, a lot of things. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And like, yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of, yeah. Speaking to that when you feel like you can be misunderstood to then master the art of like communicate it kind of puts you in a position prime to master the art of communication because you have like you have to yeah yeah and that feels like one of those things I'm like maybe this is one of my like little gifts (laughs) that I came here to learn or to like master because it does feel like you know I know what it feels like to feel misunderstood and it is deeply frustrating like Mm. deeply frustrating yeah to try to offer that to someone else to like allow them to share what they need to share um and to allow them to feel understood and seen in that yeah um yeah so who knows I mean there's so much yeah there's so much (laughs) take us back why don't you take us back to like because I know you to be somebody who's done a lot of like personal development work and you know into spirituality and um well yeah. you why don't you kind of share a little bit about your journey you said you you you, you had a successful business yeah like, yeah S- start from that why not yeah I mean I feel like I've always kind of been a bit of a jack of all trades like I have a lot of interests in a lot of things yeah um, spirituality first grabbed my interest when I was like 14 or 15 actually wow um, yeah I was raised Catholic and I just like I could like I wanted nothing to do with it and um, and then I 
I picked up a, bu- a book on Buddhism when I was like 14 or 15 and, and it, it like woke something up in me. I was like, whoa, like wow. it, this, this feeling of oneness came, came over me. And it, I kind of described that as like my first, what felt like my first like awakening or remembering is what I call it. Love. And then from there, I was always kind of exploring and like dipping my toes in and out of like so many different things. And And then I was getting ready to go to college and I couldn't decide between going to school and like becoming a yoga instructor and like opening up a yoga studio. Like that was one of my paths that I was considering. And then the other one was going to like fashion school in New York city. And like this really rambunctious part of me was like, I'm going to New York. So I went to New York and I've always loved interior design also. So I really like, it felt like a good thing for me because I really feel like I got this part of myself out of my system that needed to be worked through. And it was this like quite intense, like going out and partying every night and, and, and going to school and it's really hard. I mean, I was living in Manhattan and I was like 19 years old and it was, you know, it wasn't really like the typical, well, at least American college experience. Um, it was like, I felt like I was going to business ever, you know, like, like really like training and like really preparing for this world. Mm. And so it kind of threw me into like a fairly grown up setting, you know, living in Manhattan on your own, like as a teenager, it really does sort of mature you in a way that like not a lot of other experiences do and so um I did that and then I like moved to LA and then shortly yeah anyway got a job lost that got fired not fired but let go from that job and then I reached this point where I was like I'm starting my own business and I've always known that I like needed to be my own boss I really again like a part of that sort of that sort of like I have a really hard time taking direction from someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, <laughs> you're a yeah. projector too, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I yeah. think I, I feel like maybe maybe you feel that because you've got individual energy in your chart, and individuals mm. they're not meant to listen to like other people in a way. The men are going yeah. their own way, right? Yeah, paving yeah. the way yeah. for something new, and and that's yeah. okay. they're meant to be deaf to people around them right yeah yeah and that's what like I learned pretty quickly I was like ooh, like this doesn't it doesn't feel good like that's Mm -hmm. what I always knew was like I was trying to do it and I was like I mean I put in so much work into this job I was a set designer which was which sounds cool but like it was full-time I was working like 60 70 hours a week sometimes like very manual like it was it was a in terms of workload like I was do it was not it was not sustainable to my, to my energy. And I was just like running myself into the ground. Um, and what's funny is I reached a point where at, at that time I didn't quite understand this. And now I look back and I find it funny, but um, towards the end of me, I started to realize I needed to leave that job. And um, I kept walking into things like for like two weeks straight while I was at work, I kept bumping into things. I would walk into something and every single time I would hit myself square in my third eye. Like it was just like, boom, like right in the middle of my forehead, Wow. <laughs> which sounds like maybe really silly, but, but it was such a specific thing that happened in such a like small period of time that was so closely tied to when I had made the decision to leave that it felt uh-huh. like there was something sort of like awakening for me here. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I left that and then just like dove right into some into starting a, a business. I had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely. How old were you? I was 24. 
that's young, no? I know, I know. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's, it makes me laugh when I look back. I'm like, wow, like I was, but here's the thing again, like from childhood, like I've mm. always know, I've always just felt this sense of like um, leadership and sort of like, I'm going to do things on my own. I'm going to be successful. Like it never, ever felt like a question to me. Yeah. And I'm also grateful because my dad always really put that, like, that was like, there was some conditioning that I got from him, like positive conditioning that was like, yes. be your own boss. You can, you know, oh, you can be, successful. So you can be whatever you want to be. And I'm so grateful for that because a lot of people I know got the opposite of that. Like a lot of people are afraid to, you know, go a lot of people feel like they need to to like stick to the status quo and like get the safe job and my parents were always pretty um supportive of me following my own path but they also raised me and knew that I was like extremely headstrong and <laughs> probably wouldn't do well with a boss <laughs> very hard to parent yes. um, yeah very hard yeah so uh I started my business. And it was one of those things, like, I think it was having decided to take that risk and to leave that job and to jump off of this cliff that I had no idea where it was going to lead me. And trust me, like the months leading up to me quitting my job and then officially launching the business, which was like maybe six months were so messy. Like I was in puddles of tears on the floor. I was like, I, I was questioning my relationship I was in at the time. Like it was just this like whirlwind storm of sort of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but there was always this sort of guiding path. So, mm -hmm. so I launched the business and then, and it really was coming from this place in my heart of like, I know what's meant for me. I know that it's not this. It really felt like this purpose driven thing. And so I launched this, um, this little antiques business that like long story short, just took off completely organically. Like people to this day ask me like, how do you start a business? I would love your advice. Like, can you become a business coach? And I'm like, I can't because I have no idea. Like I, <laughs> I can help you figure out, like I'm, I'm of the belief that when we are doing something that is really and truly like an extension of our soul and of our heart, that there's mm -hmm. just no way there has to be a right time, you know, in a right place for everything. But when that comes into alignment, like when the alignment is really truly there, I just believe that there's no way that you can't be successful. And so, and I had that and I, and I've experienced that. So it's interesting because that business took off and I ran that for seven years, a little, yeah, seven years. Um, and then I sold it two years ago. Did you have support? Like how was it just trial and error in terms of it like becoming successful? Like obviously there was the alignment piece, but did you have any like support, financial support or like <laughs> mentorship? No. I mean, I think my parents let me borrow a thousand dollars to start it. Is that it? Wow. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like very, very keen on like, I'm going to pay you back. Mm. And I did. And it just like, woo, it just, it just, it happened so naturally. And it's so interesting because now I've been in like a new phase because I, I sold the business two years ago and I remember so that. Talk about, yeah. There's a lot to talk about what's happened since then. It's been a wild two years. Um, but it's interesting because I now know what alignment feels like based on like from that experience. 
Mm. And I'm in this sort I'm back in this sort of trial and error phase as I figure out what really and truly is like the next thing for me. And I'm struggling with it a little bit because I'm I, I have the conditioning of like, you need to have this figured out. You need to have the title. You need to, you know, you know, you need to like name yourself. You need to do all of these things. And, and I, and I know that like that comes from just for me, at least it, it just, it will happen naturally through the trial and error. And I have to, there's like a certain level of um, humility again, yeah. humility. And I'm like, I have to just, you know, people are probably going to think I'm, I know that people think that I'm like crazy. <laughs> For, for all of, I like, I'm hopping all over the place I'm in England and then I'm in Texas and then I'm in California and then I'm in New York and, and I'm like starting this and then I'm doing that, you know, starting this job and this website and then I'm off doing this. And like, I'm just, it's like this sort of, I'm always just sort of like following the breadcrumbs yeah. and figuring out and feeling. It's just, it's like always a feeling like what mm. feels good. And then I'm able to sort of navigate from that place. But like, it rarely looks uh, organized. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how people perceive it from the outside, actually, but it's, you know, I don't know. For me, for me, I just see like adventure. I see like curiosity. I see almost, I guess maybe it's slightly different because obviously I know your human design profile and we've like done readings and <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, like for me, I, I, it feels like a true embodiment of your design of just like allowing your body to lead, to take you because you know, you've the, the the six three, the three on the unconscious side is is the body. That's the body mm. thing and bumping into things and literally like when you were like literally bumping into things, right? Yeah. 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 Like it can be literally <laughs> and metaphorically. Yeah. Um and so yeah, for me that like I'm always like, wow, what's she up to next? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that that's how I see it from from the outside. Well, that's nice because <laughs> I think, you know, I know that it can be and again, I think that this is part of like me embodying this profile is, is showing people that it doesn't have to be done. We, and I've already, we already said this earlier, but like, I know that that can be triggering to people as well, you know, to people who are like, who feel like they're stuck in this sort of like, well, but no, I'm, I'm supposed to do it one way. You yeah. know? And, I'm, and I'm like, no, you don't like, you don't mm -hmm. actually have to. And it, and it, and it can be confronting. Um, and it's confronting for me too, you know? How do you stay like grounded when you, I think I mean, it's beautiful because you, you're being the role model for those people to do it a different way. And I think that that's what like six threes are really here to teach us that there is no linear way that they are, you, you know, really helping us see that we are so unique and individual and that there is like, it's not a set path to yes, maybe there's a certain blueprint that success follows, but actually as like, you know, nine centered beings that we don't, there's not, you know, we don't have, we can go our own way. Right. Yeah. We can, yeah. And like, you're the role model for that. But with that obviously comes a challenge of like remaining grounded when your body is bumping into things. You, know, <laughs> you must, it must require so much trust, right? Oh my God. Like an unbelievable amount of trust. And I feel lucky in that, you know, through that first experience of starting my first business, like I, I, I've now experienced enough uh, I've now had enough experiences of trusting and it working out to know that that is what will like it, that it will always work out. Mm. But that doesn't mean that even today, when I am in a state of like uncertainty or movement, that that's any less uncomfortable. Mm. Like it does, I'm able to sort of sit with it a bit more and like, and to trust, mm. but it doesn't necessarily change the like feelings of, of just uncertainty and and unease if that's a word um mm. 
And so, yeah, like staying grounded is, I mean, that feels like my number one goal every day. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like my biggest thing. I went through a period when I was like really starting my spiritual work and like my inner work, I guess, um, maybe six or seven years ago, um, where I was getting really quite strict on, with myself and, and this is also needed to be a part of my path, but like, it was like meditation every day and mm. eating a very specific way. And like, I mean, I really was putting myself in all these boxes that I thought were spiritual, whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever that means. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You first, you first set on the off on the path and you're like, I know everything <laughs> and I'm going to do it a certain way and it needs to be mm. done this way. Yeah. And so I've really learned to let a lot of that go and to not have to have it look a very, you know, like my practices and my spirituality, it doesn't, it's not like super structured by any means, but especially with the way in which I live and I'm all over the place, mm. it can be hard. And so like my number one now is nature. Like, and I know that that's like a, that just is it's one of those things that everyone says <laughs> no but truly for you yeah yeah like, truly for me it's become this sort of like again in like projector form I need a lot of space mm. I need time to like separate from people and to process and that for me is most easily done in nature and I wasn't always that way though. Like I wasn't that kid who felt like super connected to nature when I was young. Like there wasn't any of that. It's been something that's grown for me as I've gotten older mm. and has become like incredibly important for me. Like I just, I mean, I just got back from a walk like mm. an hour ago. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And talk to us about um, that, the evolution of nature kind of coming into your life in the way it does. Cause I know you spent a lot of time in, was it Mount Shasta? Was it? Mount yeah. Shasta, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that. Cause I'm so intrigued to hear about your experiences there. And... Yeah. So that was, so I'd been living in cities for 12 years up until that point. So between New York city, Los Angeles and London, I was like four years in New York, four years in LA or three years in New York, five years in LA, and then four years in London. Um, and I had received this opportunity to go live with this like elder, this woman who was 75 years old, spiritual teacher who wrote a book that I loved. I just written, happened to reach out to her to tell her I loved her book. And then she just was like, if you want to, you can come live on my farm with me wow. in Mount Shasta and Mount Shasta. Some people may be familiar with, but some may not. It is um, considered to be this like very spiritual place on the planet. It's um, the earth, similar to our bodies, has chakras. Mm -hmm. And Mount Shasta is the root chakra. Glastonbury is the heart chakra, actually. Mm. And so if anyone's listening in England. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Because that's where I've been living most recently has been in like just outside of Glastonbury in Somerset. So wow. it's funny because I do also get sort of pulled around and plopped in these places that I don't really expect. And, and yeah. I don't, it's not intentional necessarily. So I wasn't mm. intending to go to Mount Shasta. Just like the invitation came and I was like, all right, I'm going to trust this and follow it. And I'd been wanting to get closer to nature. And so, and this was like, this was in 2020. So this was like COVID had happened and 
so many things to so many people were sort of like being rewritten. Right. Oh and yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm then living in a city and like, what do I actually want? And so I got this invitation from this spiritual teacher to go live on her farm. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go. Like, it was just like, I could feel it. It was in my body. And I was like, I got to do this. Amazing. So I, I packed up all of my stuff in London, put it into a storage unit, flew to the States, drove cross country and just literally like drove to this woman's house. I'd never met her before. <laughs> that adventurous, adventurous soul, like within you. It's brilliant. Yeah. I've never been to this part of the world I was moving it's not like I was just like moving into the area to like go help her like I was moving into her house like I moved into her guest bedroom wow (laughs) and so it was this period of like real transformation for me and it was this period it was this experience of of grounding you know with Mount Shasta being that root chakra it really was like like whoa it felt like this big kind of realignment moment for me of like you've been moving so fast for so long. Like it felt like almost like this halt, like it was like this abrupt sort of halt and in coming into nature. And I just, I mean, I, I was living with her. I started to learn a bit about farming. I was spending time in the land every day, kind of getting my hands in the dirt, on the earth, hiking around these mountains. I mean, wow. the, if you Google pictures and images of Mount Shasta and the surrounding areas, like it's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm really just, you know, this is when I started to make certain transitions in my life. Like I say that I'm not quite, not strict on, you know, that my spiritual practices aren't strict, but they're actually, there are things that I've become quite like dogmatic about. And and one of those things has been the water that I drink actually. Really? Um, and so when I was in Mount, Mount Shasta has some of the most um, sought after drinking water in the world. The water, the spring comes out from right at the base of the mountain. It's like this river that opens up and actually feeds the rest of California. Wow. But you can go and fill up water like right at the base and it comes through the mountain, which is supposed to be this like quite magic, you know, crystalline, mm. energetic amazingness. Yeah. Whether you believe in that or not, I started to under, you know, get into like, water and the structure of water and all these things and how there's studies that show that drinking structured water is just as effective as taking an antidepressant like stuff like this that's like mm-hmm. knowledge that is just not really all that well known and me being yeah. who I am and like just like wanting to know all of the things I just mm-hmm. it it really was like Mount Shasta really was this sort of reset for me and it was this realization that like I needed nature and I didn't really know that until I got there it started to come in strongly like Mm. and I love cities and I love going into London and I love I like I love them I I I feel like I'll always need one close by to have access to but in terms of like how my energy functions it's one of those things where I didn't even know uh what I was missing or I didn't know how overwhelmed I was mm. until I removed myself from it because you you don't know what you don't have until you have it right Why? and so I it took me like fully leaving a city and putting myself like virtually in the middle of nowhere like really and truly Mount Shasta is far from everything <laughs> And it took me really like plopping myself in the middle of nowhere with no one around that I knew like in this deeply spiritual and like 
energetically potent place to um, really see like, whoa, like there's some changes that need to be made here. And so that's been the journey that I've been on for the last two years has been this sort of realignment of like, what are my spiritual beliefs? What do I want from my life? Like what's just what's mm-hmm. important really? Like it's been mm-hmm. this really clear mission of what's um, what's what's important on like a like a basic human earth level if that makes sense like it's just it's been like getting my hands in the dirt Mm. learning how to grow my own vegetables drinking water from a natural spring like it's it's so basic it's so basic but humans are so separate from that now yeah I was gonna say yeah we just we don't even know that we're missing it and then you go and you experience it and you're like wait a second like yes I appreciate all the modern conveniences of the world but like we are also separating ourselves and we don't even know that it's happening because we we've never experienced the other thing, you know? Mm, Yeah. God, that is so incredible. And I think (laughs) for for many, like, I feel like that would be quite um, a difficult journey to, because I imagine you were quite like isolated and you've gone from city light. I mean, albeit like COVID kind of, and times were different, but still like to just remove yourself completely put yourself in a, a new area without like a huge amount of connection obviously you had nature but that yeah. I, I, I think that would be quite difficult for people especially if they haven't or weren't used to spending time with themselves yeah. and hadn't maybe yeah, yeah like talk, yeah it was about. it was it was challenging and that's you know like I said at the beginning of this I just started dating someone but I and I and it's been five years and I've needed that time but I think I've what I've really needed was the past two years because like I said it's felt like not necessarily intentional that I keep kind of plopping like in Mount Shasta in Glastonbury because also like I ended up uh, I ended up um at the beginning of this this year unintentionally in Somerset and that situation was also like extremely isolated like I was li- I've been living I'm still sort of kind of living there um in a cottage by myself on a farm in the countryside wow. like <laughs> people all the time are like you live in Somerset by yourself like on I didn't farm. know that and that is like yeah wow yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh and it but it's been like the most it's been I've been in like a real cocoon and in, in a real mm. um like with nature again it's been this like I went from Mount Shasta and then I kind of was like back I was in Austin for a bit which is actually how I met my current boyfriend mm. um and then, but even when I was in Austin, I was in the city for like a couple of weeks. And then I was like, I got to get out of here. And I moved to this little cabin on a lake, like 30 minutes outside of Austin. And so I've really been in this, like, just needing the space from the city, but also enjoying having the access as well. Um, but yeah, it's isolate. It, it, that isolation, uh, it teaches you a lot about yourself. Oh, Yeah. um, Yeah. And uh, uh, there's a statistic, I I forget exactly what it is. It's, um, you know, who Jay Shetty is? Yeah. He mentioned this on uh, his episode on Russell Brand's podcast. So he was on Russell Brand's podcast and he talked about, I can't remember what the numbers are exactly, but it's some wild um, 
study or experiment that was done. Mm. Uh, something around it had to do with people like a certain they like took a certain number of women and a certain number of men and they put them in a room mm. and they gave them the option of being alone in the room for 15 minutes or doing something insane like shooting themselves with a bb gun like something that wouldn't like inflict injury but would like cause like intense pain yeah. something like that like i'll have to look up or, yeah you know, and listen to exactly what it was mm. but it was something crazy like 76 percent of men chose to chose to inflict Not be alone. yeah and then like like 50 percent of the women or something like but like an absurdly high number of people could not sit in a room by themselves for 15 minutes and so that says a lot about you know, I think where we're, where we're at. And I have a lot of things to say about this topic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. can't even remember the last time that I like took, I mean, you know, like on, maybe done a yoga class or something where you were, I was actually like involved in something, but not just 15 minutes on my, like I, I'd struggle to meditate for five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the demands of every day. Like I honestly, I'd struggle. Yeah. It is. And it's hard. Like it is hard. And I'm not judging those people at all. That's the thing. Like we live, this is, and this is the problem is like, and it goes back to me talking about this sort of what I learned while in Mount Shasta was this real like basicness of like water and food and like living mm. in nature. And yeah. we're so disconnected from that, that, that people, you know, we live in this world, our nervous systems are so, so dysregulated that to sit down and actually like breathe and allow yourself to like feel something mm. is so scary to people that they can't do it. And that, you know, that just points to, I think, so many of the problems in our world right now. Um, and that's a whole bag of worms, mm. can of worms, mm. <laughs> can yeah. of worms. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, point being that like, that experience taught me a lot. And they're like, it sounds, it's one of those things that when I talk about it and when I talk about my life, like people are always like, God, it sounds so glamorous and adventurous and amazing. And I can see how from the outside it would appear that way. But like, I have experienced a lot of pain and struggle and discomfort um, through all of it, you know, mm -hmm. like, it doesn't really, and I think it points to that, you know, that, I don't know if it's a quote, but there's, you know, that, that like everyone is fighting their own battle and that everyone has their own challenges. And it's so easy to judge someone from the outside when you don't oh, know yeah. what's going on in, in their internal space. And we may not all have the same problems and we may not all have them at the same time. But to one degree or another, every single human being on this planet will experience pain and suffering. And to acknowledge that within yourself, I think that that's really what sort of sitting in that silence and giving myself that space allowed me to do was like really turning within to feel that and like really allow myself to feel that again, despite what it looked like and how adventurous it was on the outside, it was like, I was confronting a lot of internal demons and during that time. And I continue to, and I probably will for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's allowed me to also have like a deep amount of compassion for other people when I've allowed myself to confront that within myself.
Yeah. Yeah. So, so powerful. And just, yeah, meet people really where they're at. And I think, yeah, and just like, I always draw reference to human design, but you've got a lot of melancholy, like in your chart, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like that. I do. What is that? The 3955? Yeah, that 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 channel is it can be deeply, deeply melancholic, you know, and it's like, I think sometimes we kind of it's easier just to avoid that within ourselves, Mm -hmm. isn't it? To suppress it somehow. Um, And as we evolve, you know, and kind of move towards a change in the way that we're going to interact with one another according to human design like getting to know our own emotions and to feel them really deeply and to kind of meet ourselves exactly where we're at without having to suppress can be so so healing for one ourselves but also for you know future generations of just like oh my god a hundred percent And I'm glad that you brought up that 3955, because again, like while I try not to rely completely on these systems for like navigation, they are, they can be so helpful and learning about when I learned that I, about 30, 3955, right? Yeah. That channel that I had that defined Mm. explained so much for me and it has helped me understand so much about the way that I move about this world and the way that I feel, because I feel really really intensely oh yeah oh yeah intensely yeah and it and it's and it often feels like really heavy and it oh yeah dark and it can feel like Mm. whoa I don't know how to navigate like and that's what being being an emotional projector with that with that channel is like you know it's a lot it's a lot and it's really hard but at the same time, there's a book I read this year that really helped me to understand this. Mm. Uh, it's called Bittersweet by Susan Cain. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's about this sort of, it's, it's kind of about melancholy. And it's about um, the spectrum and sort of the, is it the pendulum of like, I do feel like, I experience joy in a completely different way because of the way that I experience melancholy. Like I, I feel this darkness and this depth so intensely. Mm. And I'm also feeling the opposite of that in a way that I'm not sure that everyone feels it. And I don't know what everyone feels, you know, so who knows, but, but like, there is also this like, incredible joy and lightness to my life as well yeah and and so it's you know she she refers to it as bittersweet it's that like there's the sour but there's also the sweet yes and um and the two do go you know they're kind they're they're like roommates yeah but you know we we've been living in a society that's been so hell-bent on happiness that to grow up feeling the way that I grew up like I can remember being as young as like 10 years old and standing in my kitchen and looking around and watching everyone uh interact and I thought to myself what am I missing like I remember feeling so sad in that moment and I couldn't explain it and it was just it was just a it was just an emotion and I had no idea why I was there yeah and I was like what am I missing because I was raised 
through society and media and probably some family stuff, you know, that like, just be happy, just be happy, just be happy. And like, I couldn't, no. there were times when I was like, I can't, I can't. And then none of us can, mm. but to experience that feeling of sadness so intensely. And, you know, in that way, I was like, I, what am I missing? And I started to develop this sort of belief about myself that like something was wrong. I can imagine. Yeah. And yeah. so to find, you know, to learn about the 3955 and to, to, to learn that I had that channel, mm. I was like, and to really like dive into it, I was like, wow, like yeah. this is, um, you know, I know a lot of people say that human design has really given them the, uh, the permission slip to mm. like be themselves. Mm. And I think that that's what it's done for me in a lot of ways. Like we're all just kind of always looking for someone to say like, it's okay for you to be that way. Yes. And I think that human design does offer us that permission slip to not have to conform. Mm, yeah, it's so true. And, and, and I think in that way, it becomes quite healing for us, you oh know, my God. to, oh, yeah. It's yeah. So healing. For yeah. us and for the collective, like as soon as I started to learn this stuff about myself and, and, you know, like, like we were talking about before where I do allow myself to really embody that six, three, it's like, mm -hmm. as soon as I'm able to do that for myself, other people, like Permission. we're all helping each other, no yeah. matter like whether we're aware of it or not, we are all helping each other as Ramdas says, we're all says we're all walking each other home yeah. and it it's that like as soon as the sooner that we can all embody you know our blueprint really like the faster that we heal individually the faster that we heal collectively and the more wonderful the world is mm. oh, so cheesy and like silly as that may sound it's true but it's true yeah it really <laughs> is I think that was one of the things that really like drew me to human design because it 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 made me feel seen like it made me feel seen for the things that I'd been through and yeah. experienced and the way that yeah. I was and I you know I think you you mentioned that you were fortunate enough that you have parents who um like you know supported you going your own way doing your own thing and I think that's so that's so important for everyone but in particular like as six threes like that feels very very important because Otherwise, like we then suppress our uniqueness and the way that we, yeah, just come to express ourselves. But anyway, like I, I took a very conditioned path and I kind of was always mm. trying to fit in and I didn't know who I was and it left me like bitter, burnt out and just feeling like I don't fit in in this world somehow, you know, like, yeah. and I was very, very lost. And of all of the tools and the modalities that I discovered when trying to find myself again or like find a sense of feeling home like human design was the one that spoke to me the most and helped me feel uh, seen and understood for who I was and also just stop trying to like become somebody who I was not because I had a real thing like that I was trying to mold myself and I've got an open identity center and I think that is one of the challenges of just like trying to mold trying to fit in trying yeah. to become something trying to give a name or like a title and and yeah. and really berating myself for not having got to a point where 
I had become something or, you know, that I had a title or something like that, you know, like in the eyes of society. And um, I, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just, it is just one of those tools, one of the many tools out there that can really like help us heal, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And it, that's, yeah, it's just given me all of the permission to just like go explore and do all of the things that I want to do and want to explore yeah I know that that's part of what I came here to do yeah so talk to us just as we wrap up like what's what's the current exploration of what you're up to and <laughs> I mean I, we could go on for hours I'm sure, I'm sure and the time has gone so quickly um, but yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about what the next kind of adventure oh my gosh where you're um it's funny. There's kind of two roads that have been presenting to have been presented to me recently. And I've spent the last year really, especially since I got to the country, to the English countryside, to Somerset, doing a lot of healing on my personal lineage from a spiritual perspective and a religious perspective, um, on my family lineage. Like my grandfather was one of six, all six of them were Catholic priests and nuns. And so I've been on this. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been on this, like quite an intense reclamation of what religion means to me, what spirituality means to me. Um, I rejected Catholicism like vehemently growing up and sort of reclaiming some practices. Like I've reclaimed the, um, the rosary, which I've is seen. really beautiful. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so there's things like that that I've been sort of sitting with and allowing myself to sort of redefine them for what they mean to me and for to allow like the true essence of what I feel they are to come through um, as a, outside of the context of that sort of like dogmatic shame-based um, feeling that there is. And so I, I don't mean to like shit on religion. <laughs> they're not, it's not all bad. Like it really isn't. And there's so much good in it. But I think specifically in Catholicism, which is what I feel I have, you know, I can speak on because of my personal experience with it and my family lineage in it. Mm -hmm. um, there's such outrageous shame and guilt um, mm -hmm. in that. And so it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of healing for myself. And it also feels like, you know, to get a little esoteric, I do feel like I've been doing some like intergenerational healing wow. well for my, for my ancestors and amazing so that's been really beautiful um and it, reclaiming the rosary and doing all of that I've started working with people one-on-one -on -one to sort of help them break out of or just understand what God and spirituality means to them reclaiming God has also been like that word has been like a big mm. thing um I studied did a mentorship this year with um an Aramaic teacher and Aramaic was the language that Jesus spoke and so I've been learning. Um, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Like the word uh, for sin, which mm. has such a, quite a heavy connotation. Okay. Um, and this, it, like, there's so much shame around it. It's as though like, like the human being is, is wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, and I learned that sh uh, the word, sorry, I learned that sin um actually what it truly means is to make a mistake or literally to miss the mark and so it's been interesting because I used to pray um, well when I started praying the the rosary again and doing the Hail Mary the word sinner is in that and I took it out originally because I was like I, like it feels so too heavy 
Yeah. And like so much shame around it and like yeah. calling myself a sinner just felt so wrong to me. Yeah. And then I started to learn Reframe. what it actually meant. And again, so like sort of reclaiming these parts and these pieces and praying that and, and, and saying that to myself, um, it's been really, really healing. Oh, <laughs> um, and so there's that, like, so there's been this whole sort of from the outside, I think it looks very religious, but it really isn't its roots are really truly in love but I think that anytime you start to dabble in like the world of Jesus that it it's hard to separate him from religion because of where the world you know what's come from him yeah not from him but sort of from humans who've built something that he yeah. Anyway, this is this is a whole nother conversation. Point being that I don't think Jesus would be okay with where, <laughs> like the, with the Christianity that has evolved from yeah you know, from, from man. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's been that aspect of things, and that's been satisfying so much of like that spiritual part of myself that's just yes. like sort of that that real seeker in that way, and then from the basis of you know sort of getting back to getting back to the basics and the earth, I've been um, following the work of Zach Bush for a while. I'm not mm. sure if you're familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've also been doing a little bit of work with him and helping uh, him launch his nonprofit called Farmer's Footprint in the UK. And that's all about regenerative farming, which is really just, you know, like an ancient, not even ancient, it's actually not even that old it's just that we brought in new farming practices in the last hundred years that have ruined our soil and mm. so it's really just this type of farming um that helps to restore our soil and our food because our food is really missing a lot of nutrients and yeah. and then again like that goes into we're eating food that's covered in pesticides that doesn't have um, the proper nutrients from because the soil has been degraded from all of, like the, the modern types of farming that we do and then we're eating that food, but we're not then getting the proper nutrition. And so, you know, that then starts to affect the physical body and then that starts to affect the mental body and then that starts to affect the spiritual body. And so there's, you can't really, you know, they're all, it's all tied together. And so, so that's something that's just been like, I'm, I feel really passionate about. And I come from, you know, I, I mentioned my one grandfather was a priest. My other grandfather was a farmer and so I do have, it feels like there's a lot of this, like, that's so, yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of this like lineage healing that's been going on for me this, this year in particular. Um, and I have no idea where it's going to evolve to. And that's, you know, that's sort of a space that I'm in. And that's been, as I have keep saying, it's just part of this trial and error. And it's like, all right, let me try this thing. Yes. And I don't know how far it's going to go, you know, like, I don't know how far working with Zach's going to go. I don't know how far this, this religious reclamation thing is going to go. I'm going to start a podcast. I know th- another one, cause I had one, a different one. Yeah. Like, again, there's so many, like, there's so many things that I've done. Mm. Um, but I think the important thing has just been like, when it's not any, when it's not in energetic alignment anymore, when it feels out of alignment in my body, I've, I've learned, it's not that I drop it immediately. It's just that I start to think about, you know, what needs to change here, because I'm just the type of person who cannot do continue to do something that is doesn't feel like it's right. 
And so that's what I've kind of really learned to do. And um, yeah, that's the space that I feel like I'm in right now is just like, all right, we're exploring. And, and there's that part of me that's been like, you know, you can't go on podcasts until you have the next thing, like fully figured out. And then I'm like, that's, that's out of alignment. Cause that's not like me coming on here and just being like, I don't know. Like, I actually don't know. I don't know what's next. I mean, I do to some degree. Yeah. And it just, and it just is what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's where, that's where I'm at right now. Thank thank you. Thank you for like allowing yourself at, you know, and for us to listen to that, like that, that stage where maybe there isn't something that's fully formed. Cause I think that that can be really helpful for, to people to, to trust that it doesn't have to look like this neat picture. And yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like true role model energy, you know, just permission to just be what it is in the moment and to, to own that as well. Right. Yeah. And just to yeah. not shy away from, um, yeah, whatever stage that you're in. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's where I am. So. <laughs> yeah, I I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm glad that I've come on. I feel like this is a yeah. great conversation. I've loved it. I, I, and I hope <laughs> the listeners will too. Like, yeah, really. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your wise words with us. And I'm so, so excited to see where things go and just to, <laughs> yeah, you know, what unfolds. And I think the trust that you have developed in that things will just follow. And like you say, that nugget of just like, if it doesn't feel right, if it feels out of alignment, then to just let it go. Yeah. If yeah. you take anything from like the episode that, that for me is just like a, such, um, a beautiful reminder. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because and I feel I, like I've had so much of the experience of that. Like it's, it really feels like the biggest piece of advice that I'm able to give people from an embodied place. Hmm. I'm like, I'm like, you, again, you can't, it's hard to trust that when you haven't experienced it yourself. Hmm. And I'm at the point now where I've experienced it so many times that like letting something go when it's not in alignment um, and the space that that creates for the next thing to come in oh. is like, the most powerful thing I think that we can do because what I what I feel that we're really doing in that moment is is claiming our self-worth and saying I'm here for this one life even though I believe in past lives and all of that but like in this present moment like I'm here like I came here to live you know I came here to like experience life and I don't and I refuse actually to you know, allow life to just go by Mm. out. Yeah. I was going to say, I refuse to allow life to be mundane, but that's also, I don't feel like that's quite right because life is mundane sometimes. And that's part of, you know, it just, it's part of the cycle. Um, But knowing that I'm like opening up that space for, more magic and more alignment to come through that's what I feel like is something that I hope that people can you know start to make space for and trust in themselves through you know through my story I guess if there's there's anything I can offer you it's that you know it always it always works out it always works out despite how absolutely terror terror you know um what's the word I was gonna say terrorizing no that's not the word (laughs) Um, terrifying terrifying (laughs) 
<laughs> it can see. It can feel, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to take that, like it will work out. I think when when you are trusting in who you are and you develop that sense of, yeah, like self-trust and then self-love, yeah. like, because like, yeah, I think there is sometimes a balance or like a figuring out of that bit in the middle of like when to let go and when to like keep and and when to let go versus like to keep trusting in like your path and what's yeah. you like yeah. probably a whole other conversation yeah, it but, is. but that is something to navigate and hold and, and probably create tension and I think yeah therein lies again like when we know ourselves and how our body came to move in this world and that our energy was working with other people like that can help us navigate that mm-hmm, space mm-hmm, and hold mm-hmm. that space mm-hmm. um, yeah oh Kelly I could talk to you for hours but um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on um, of course thank you that flew by oh I know yeah yeah crazy so um for anyone that's like intrigued and really um yeah like heard your story and kind of wants to find where you live and not literally but you know like <laughs> Online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where what what's your like instagram and um where are you hanging out on yeah so my instagram is at kelly vittengel which my certain my last name is a little tricky um it's v-i-t-t-e-n-g-l um and kelly is just k-e-l-l-y and then um my website is where you can um work with me if you want to like find information on working with me I also have some really beautiful religious antiques on there um for sale and that's kellyclairevittengold.com and that can all be found like if you just go to my Instagram at the, the link in bio you know all it's probably easiest to find it there so yes amazing we'll pop it in the show notes as well so yeah Perfect. so are you t- currently taking on clients who are one-to-one mentally? I am okay. yeah yeah I am I wasn't actually for a while and I just restarted again and um it's been nice because it's starting to fill up without me even saying anything oh, so yeah and I yeah it really is centered around this like spirituality piece and helping people sort of navigate um what that means to them and how they can ask, begin to work with um the sort of unseen realm or that world if people are curious about it or if they've had you know a a very religious upbringing and don't really know um and are spiritually curious but don't know how to like reconcile that with the with the religion all that stuff you know so that's where I'm at amazing amazing oh well thank you again for being on and for spending your time with us today gosh you're so welcome thank you 